0: This week I opened up my other email address. You know that email address that probably has the little bit less professional, maybe even a little bit less mature handle connected to it, and it gets all of your less important communication, the blogs and the feeds that you have subscribed to, those Uh, advertisements that come from the stores because they ask you for your email address when they give you a receipt when you check out. And of course, all of the junk that comes from every single sweepstakes and contest that you've entered into and you've written down that email address. I opened that account. And usually I just go in there and it's like delete, 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 right? Everything. But this week I discovered a message in there that was pretty important. it came from an organization called All Pro Dad, and, and they offer encouragement, support, advice, counsel to men who are dads, who are husbands. And it was the title of the article that was in that subject line, that little preview that your email gives you, and it caught my attention because the title was, Five Habits to Resurrect a Dying Marriage. Now, thankfully, it didn't catch my attention because my marriage is dying. But do you know why it caught my attention? Have you been paying attention to what's going on here at Divine Savior Church? We're we're starting a new worship series called The Five Habits of a Disciple. And so we're going to talk about practical things Steps that we want to implement in our life following after Jesus. Activities and actions that we want to carry out. Just like that article, shared steps, activities, actions that you want to carry out and not just to do once, but to make a habit in your marriage in order for that marriage to be healthy and to thrive. In case you're interested, here's the the five steps that the author, uh, Timothy Deal, gave in that article. So the first one was communication, counseling, confession, connection, and collaboration. Those were his five. And I, of course, appreciated his use of alliteration. But the other thing that really jumped out to me was the very first line of the article. Inertia is powerful. And I thought about giving you guys a little demonstration up here this morning. Science experiment showing you inertia in action. What inertia is. It, I don't know if that's going back to like grade school science or if that's high school science. But you got to take yourself back there. Do you, do you remember what inertia is? As I research these different experiments, these different demonstrations that you do, you put all these beads together in a jar, you start them out, and they just keep going, keep going. Inertia is the the scientific property that says that an object at rest will stay at rest, or an object that's at motion, in motion, it's going to continue that motion with a constant velocity. So if you're moving, you will keep moving. If you're standing still, you stay still. What is your spiritual inertia? Are you moving and growing and learning and living in the new life that Christ has given you or... Are you standing still? In other words, are you a disciple? Are you living your life as a disciple? Because as Jesus calls you to follow him, he is calling you. To move, to, to learn, to grow, to live out this calling as this calling as his follower. There are habits that you will form, that you will put in place in your life. There is inertia to a life of discipleship when jesus calls you he calls you to allow the spiritual momentum that's in your life to continue he calls you to change your life because you are his disciple and so are you ready to be a disciple are you ready to follow jesus are you ready to change your life to answer his calling or is your inertia in your life is it moving you a different direction away from christ like we saw with this young man who came to jesus and jesus called for a commitment from him as we read in mark chapter 10. now this time jesus he he had been teaching and he had been healing and and driving out demons and curing diseases Showing love and compassion and and so people came to him. They came to him to hear him teach, to listen to him. He had answers. He spoke with authority. And this man too, he came running up to Jesus. He fell to his knees before him. There's nothing half-hearted about the way in which this man came to Jesus. And he asked this question. Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And this man, he was convinced that he could do whatever Jesus told him he needed to do. He was convinced that he could be committed, that he could answer the call. And there are some assertions that are made here that are very important for you. You know, Jesus asked his own question. Why do you call me good? And Jesus here, he is not denying his goodness, but he's asking this man, he's asking you to make the logical deduction that is necessary if Jesus truly is good. If he is a good teacher and he is of the highest good, then that means he is also God. And so for you, if Jesus matters, if his resurrection from the dead matters, and especially if you will profess that Jesus is central to your life, then it matters a lot. To follow Jesus is a big deal. Now, we're used to talking about the people that we follow, right? I follow all kinds of people on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, TikTok. Not there yet. We follow all kinds of people. I follow friends and I follow family members and businesses and influencers. But none of them really changed my life. But when you follow Jesus, it will. It will change your life. You you can't just go through the feed and scroll down the the list of things that Jesus has said and and you just slap your thumbs up or your heart emoji on the ones that make you feel good inside. No, to follow Jesus, to be his disciple, then you have to listen to everything that he says You have to take it all in. You have to put it into practice word for word, task for task. So this five habits of a disciple thing that we're going to be talking about, it will be all about the things that Jesus calls us to do in our life. It will be all about how we are called to be all in on Jesus and his words. If he is the good teacher then we will learn from him and we will apply what we learn. We will put it into practice and it will change your life. Now, Jesus once claimed that he was the life-giving vine in which we must remain in order to live productive lives. Are you ready to follow him? And as you think about the answer to that question, remember, inertia is a powerful thing. When Jesus gave this man this, these list of commandments, the man felt that, that he had kept all of those. He had done all of that. He kept them all since he was a boy. But Let me tell you something. Commandments, commands, are easy. Commitment is much harder. Now don't get me wrong. I know that we all we struggle with the commands of our God and so did this man as much as he might have said that he had kept them all. We all struggle with those commands of God but to truly be a disciple that calls for commitment full and complete commitment to God, trust in Jesus. That's what true discipleship is. Do you see what Jesus said when this man claimed to have kept all the commandments? Jesus said, one thing you lack, to go, sell everything you have, give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. The one thing that this man lacked was everything. Because what he lacked was a true and total trust in Jesus. The complete confidence that Jesus was everything that he needed. And and so that's what Jesus called him to do. Look at what's behind all of those imperatives that Jesus gave to this man. That go sell all of your possessions. Get rid of the things in your life that are clinging to your heart, that are keeping you from fully being committed to me. Get rid of everything that draws your desires more than me. And they say, give it to the poor. Have your eyes open. Look for those opportunities that are present for you to be generous, to serve others, to show love and compassion to somebody outside of yourself. And then come follow me. Come and and listen to me, learn from me. Come and see how I am everything that you need. to learn how I am so much more. So much more than your possessions and your wealth and your riches. You see, that that wasn't the problem for this man. It wasn't that he was wealthy. It wasn't that he had riches. It was that he loved those more than Jesus. And so Jesus called for this full commitment, but the inertia of this man's life kept him moving in a different direction. He couldn't do it. And the story would be the same for each and every one of us. whether it be wealth or possessions or something else, there is an inertia in our lives that moves us away from God and away from Christ. The sinful inertia that keeps our souls and our hearts in a state of separation away from God. And so Jesus, he proposed his own demonstration, his own little experiment to really show us just how deep this sinful inertia runs in our lives. He said to those people that were gathered there, if you want to know how to get into heaven, how to inherit eternal life, then, then here's what you need to do. Take a camel. Know that animal? Picture that animal in your head, right? Take that camel And you force that camel through the eye of a needle. All of it. Right? The goofy looking head, the long lanky legs, that huge torso, the humps on the back, all of that. You got to force that through the eye of a needle. And if somehow, someway, you can do that, you can figure out a way to accomplish that, well, then maybe, and it's a big maybe because it's actually harder to do the next thing, then maybe you can force yourself into the kingdom of heaven. Can you picture that? And that's exactly why the disciples reacted the way that they did and and they asked, who then can be saved it possible? jesus agreed yes this is impossible for you it's impossible for man but not for god god can do the impossible and god has done the impossible for you what does it take to be a disciple of jesus a decision that we make, steps that we implement in our life, some sort of title that we take for ourselves and we claim for ourselves. We're going to talk about all of those things in this series. But understand, you can't do that on your own. God must accomplish it first. God must do the impossible for you first. God must make the decision. He has decided to save and rescue you. Jesus implemented the steps that were necessary. The steps of humility, condescension as he came down to this earth, as he lived in our shoes. Suffering. Even death on a cross in your place. And then because of that action and because also of the next step that Jesus took, which was his miraculous resurrection from the dead, because of that, God has sent the Holy Spirit into your heart. God has bestowed on you an incredible title, my child. Follower. Disciple. He has changed the inertia of your life. You can't force yourself into the kingdom of heaven because you don't have the power to accomplish it. The power to do the impossible, but thanks be to God that he does. When you're getting all science And you talk about inertia and you talk about how something is going to stay still. If it's an object at rest, it will stay at rest unless force is applied to it. You have to apply force to an object to get it moving. And God has applied an incredible, a remarkable, a miraculous force to your life. He has applied the force of the good news that he speaks to you, the gospel message that he has for you. The incredible life-changing force of a resurrection from the dead that was for you. That assures you that your sins are forgiven, that you too will live a new life just as Jesus rose up from the grave. That is the force that God has applied to your life this good news of a good teacher, a perfect man who is willing to go to the cross for you, who is held there on that cross by those those spikes, but more so by his incredible love for you. How the divine willingly chose to use the cross as an instrument to change your life as he gave up his own to rescue and redeem you. Upon your heart and soul has acted that life-changing force of a tomb that was emptied because the former occupant had risen up from the grave. And that, that is far more impressive than forcing a camel through the eye of a needle. And that's is what God has done for you. He has taken that power. He has used it in your life to set you in motion as his disciple. And so he proclaims you a follower, a member of his kingdom. He proclaims you a disciple. He has changed the devastating inertia of your sin-chained life, and he has given you the freed inertia of the life of a disciple so are you a disciple does jesus cross still proclaim the forgiveness of sins is his tomb remain empty to this day does god still send the promised Holy Spirit into your hearts and into your lives to encourage and strengthen you in the faith? Does Jesus still promise that he is this life-giving vine and that you are a branch that has been grafted into him to grow and flourish and produce fruit? Yes. And so yes, you are a disciple. And inertia is a powerful thing. God desires to continue to see the force of his gospel at work in your life, propelling your life forward. And so the invitation that Jesus gives to you, come follow me, the invitation to his kingdom is to become someone different to change your life, to put in these habits that we will be talking about over the next few weeks. The article that I talked about at the beginning from All Pro Dad, it was an article about marriage. In a marriage, you are a husband. You are a wife. But the inertia that you bring to filling out and living out that calling positively and joyfully with a desire to serve your spouse, that will certainly positively affect your marriage, make it healthy and joyful. You are a disciple because Jesus has called you a disciple. The inertia that you bring into that life of discipleship as you carry it out and you fulfill that calling positively and joyfully and with a desire to love and to serve others that will certainly affect the vibrancy and health of your life as a disciple. And God promises some impossibly big things for you. Listen to what Jesus said. He said, Truly I tell you, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me and the gospel— will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. Homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and fields, along with persecutions. And in the age to come, eternal life. These are the incredible gifts, generous gifts from a good God, that he promises to you. And the more that you make these habits a part of your life of discipleship, the more that you're going to see these gifts fulfilled in your own life. Inertia is a powerful thing. It has made you Jesus' disciple. Get ready for the ride.